When the city council passes an ordinance, they don't spell out exactly how it will be implemented. These details are usually left to the city mayor. For example, in 1986, an ordinance was passed establishing a city garbage collection service. The ordinance laid out the collection schedule and general guidelines on how the service would be implemented. The ordinance did not say how many sanitation workers should be hired and what they would be paid. It didn't say what sort of trucks they should drive or the uniforms they should wear. All of these details were left to the director of citywide services, who in turn is appointed by and answers to the mayor. This is Chattanooga Civics. I'm Nathan Bird. Like city council representatives, the mayor serves a four-year term. In order to be eligible to run for mayor, one must have lived in Chattanooga for at least one year and must be at least 30 years of age. In order to qualify, candidates must submit a petition signed by at least 25 eligible voters to the Hamilton County Election Commission. The elections are held on the first Tuesday of March. The election is nonpartisan, so the party affiliation of each candidate does not appear on the ballot. A simple majority vote is required to win the election, but if no candidate receives a majority, a runoff election is held between the top two candidates. Serving as mayor is a full-time role and is compensated accordingly. The salary is indexed to the salary of the Hamilton County mayor. In 2019, the mayor had a salary of roughly $172,000. Unlike city council representatives, the mayor is limited to two terms in office. The mayor holds the executive power of the city of Chattanooga. It is ultimately his job to figure out how the laws that the city council pass should be implemented. This is primarily done through city departments. When the mayor is elected, he has 60 days to write a plan for how the city government should be organized. The plan must be approved by the city council. The plan may be modified or even outright rejected by the council, but this rarely happens. When Andy Burke was elected in 2013, he eliminated the Department of Education, Arts, and Culture. The Department of Parks and Recreation and the Department of Human Services were combined into the new Department of Youth and Family Development. The Department of Neighborhood Services and Community Development was renamed the Department of Economic and Community Development. He also created the Department of Transportation, whose responsibilities were originally carried out by the Department of Public Works. The mayor is responsible for naming the heads of all city departments, as well as six more staff positions which are required by the city charter. These are the police chief, the fire chief, the chief financial officer, the city court clerk, the city treasurer, and the city attorney. All of these positions and all the department heads may be appointed or fired by the mayor with the consent of the majority of the city council. A two-thirds majority of the city council may also remove any of these department heads without consulting the mayor. In addition to department heads, the city mayor appoints members to various board positions. There are 39 different boards, commissions, and committees that serve as advisory bodies to the city of Chattanooga, and the mayor has a hand in appointing members to almost all of them. These boards cover utility licensing, public art, permit appeals, and more. 
Some of the more recognizable city services are overseen by these boards, such as the Library, CARTA, and EPB. Most board positions explicitly require applicants to have certain qualifications, like having a certain amount of experience in a relevant industry, but some of them are open for anyone to apply. We'll cover some of these boards in more detail in later episodes, but for now you can browse the full list of boards by following the link in the show notes. The mayor is also in charge of preparing a budget proposal for the city each fiscal year. The city's fiscal year is measured from the 1st of July rather than the 1st of January. By law, mayors can prepare the budget however they see fit, but there is usually some sort of public input process. The current administration has been starting the process with Mayor Burke's four priority areas. First, smarter students, stronger families. Second, safer streets. Third, stronger neighborhoods. And fourth, growing economy. These priorities are presented at a series of public input meetings in November. Participants at these meetings are asked what the city needs to do to better achieve results in these four priority areas. The results of these meetings are then shared with the city departments in January, so that they can use the information to come up with what are called offers. These offers lay out the department's goals for the year, their plan to achieve those goals, the projected financial cost of their plan, and the intended performance measures that will be used to track progress. In February and March, groups called results teams are formed. These groups are made up of government leaders and regular city residents, and they are tasked with reviewing the offers from each department. Anyone interested in serving on a results team can apply now by contacting bfo at chattanooga.gov. In April, the results teams offer recommendations to the mayor's budgeting committee, which prepares the final budget. In May, the budget is published for the city council and the general public to review. The city council can use this time to discuss amendments to the budget, and citizens can use this as a final time to make their opinions known to the City Council. In June, the City Council holds two votes, since the budget is an ordinance rather than a resolution. As you can see, this is a long, complex process. Generally, the City Council is reluctant to make serious amendments to a document that has taken more than six months to prepare. We saw an example of just how much the City Council relies on this public input process this past June. In the wake of George Floyd's death at the hands of a Minnesota police officer, there was a surge of interest in the budget. In particular, the proposed allocation of over $70 million, more than a quarter of the total budget, to the Chattanooga Police Department. More than 200 people signed up to speak at the City Council meeting the night of the first vote on the budget. In the end, the council deferred to the process in place, and elected to pass the budget with only minor amendments. In passing the budget, the city council made it clear that anyone wishing to have a serious impact on the budget needs to do more than send an email to their council representative the week before voting, or sign up to speak the night of the first vote. They need to get involved early. Beyond the official appointments and budgeting, the mayor sets both the tone and policy direction of the city government. Mayors have been instrumental in the transformation of Chattanooga. 
the waterfront renewal, which has been so central in turning the city into an outdoor destination, was only possible with input and guidance from various mayors throughout the years. There are other notable projects which have transformed Chattanooga, which were only possible because of the vision and support of the mayors. There's the Innovation District, which helps to encourage entrepreneurship, Baby University, which provides pregnancy and early childhood development resources, the Enterprise South Industrial District, now home to Volkswagen and Amazon facilities providing hundreds of jobs, and Tech Goes Home, which provides technology services, training, and resources to help low-income families in careers and education. The next mayoral election is on March 2nd, and the field is already quite crowded. Mayor Andy Burke is not eligible for your election, as he has already served two terms. As of recording, 16 candidates have qualified to run. The ballot will be finalized on December 24th. I was able to find up-to-date bios on many of the candidates. Monty Brule, local entrepreneur, investor, and consultant. Christopher Dahl, activist, historian, and entrepreneur. D'Angelo Davis, local activist and president of the I Am Foundation. Russell Gilbert, current city councilman for District 5. Wade Hinton, former city attorney. Tim Kelly, local businessman and chairman of the Chattanooga Football Club. Andrew McLaren, U.S. Marine veteran and private executive protection agent. Erskine Oglesby, current city councilman for District 7. Kim White, former president and CEO of the River City Company, and Dr. Eleonora Woods, local dentist, philanthropist, and civil rights activist. I was not able to find any up-to-date information on the following candidates. Monty Dwayne Bell, Lon Cartwright, Chris Long, George Ryan Love, Michelle E. Peterson, and Robert C. Wilson. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chattanooga Civics. I will be taking a break next week, but I will be back in January with new episodes and as many candidate interviews as I can squeeze in before the election. Our music was written and recorded by Kevin McLeod. If you have any questions or feedback, send me an email at chattanoogacivics at gmail.com or follow me on Facebook or Twitter at chatcivics. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with your friends. And if you're feeling especially generous, you can support the show using the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.